Hey everybody, and welcome to Podcast 29, the podcast that begins and ends in rage. Listen close to everybody's heart and hear that breaking sound. Hopes and dreams are shattering apart and crashing to the ground. I cannot believe my eyes. How the world's filled with filth and lies But it's plain to see Evil inside of me Is on the rise I've been trying to play Rage lately, and for those who don't know, Rage is made by id Software who are considered the sort of great-grandfathers of the first-person shooter genre. They kind of started it all off. Their first sort of 3D game was Wolfenstein 3D, and it sort of was based on an old Apple II game, and I I think it also released for the Commodore, and it was sort of a a sprite-based game, and it was based on you were a soldier and you were escaping from a prison, uh, a Nazi prison. And um, that's where they got the idea from. Wolfenstein 3D wasn't super popular. It was sort of a, a cult hit, but it was kind of the first 3D game. The The environment was 3D, but it was pretty much flat. It was still very boxy-like. There were pretty much just straight corridors and rooms. And then Doom was the, the next game they did. It was also 3D environments, but the, the enemies and stuff were still sprite-based. But Doom was the, the first super mega hit uh, first person shooter game, which those of you who weren't around during those times spread like sort of a virus into the workplace and it actually dipped down production of several companies because people were having so much fun and, uh, you know, not working when they were supposed to be working. So Rage is sort of like a great grandson of Doom. And so I was sort of expecting it to be very Doom like. They also had a spin-off series which had a more science fiction based theme. The the spin-off was called Quake and that was sort of sort of like a high end science fiction whereas Doom was more science fiction fantasy oriented. So I was expecting Rage to be very similar in terms of gameplay and style even though I'd been following ID Tech 5 which is the engine they based it on and you know, following the engine, I had seen screenshots and ideas for Rage long before it had a name. I think I first saw stuff about it about five years ago, and it didn't start getting called Rage and have a solid universe until about three years ago. The ideal that id Software had presented so far up until Rage, um, granted I'd only played the, the Doom and the Wolfenstein series mostly, uh, I, I have missed a few of them, but they were sort of hardcore first-person shooter games, I guess you could say. There wasn't anything to unlock. There weren't any special skills. There weren't any special talents. You just had weapons, guns, pretty much. And you had to find them, and once you found them, you had access to a new gun type. Now, with all of these other games that have come out, they seem to have been heavily influenced by basically the role-playing aspects of gaming today. Rage has... I don't know if they have skills per se. I've only played about three or four hours. But there's crafting, as as it were. Um, you find components and you build stuff. Um, I don't know if you have to do anything other than find the recipes. Like I said, I've 
only played a short while. But that seems kind of weird to me. There, there's an economy, and there's buying and selling, and there's crafting stuff. And it seems like they've added all of this stuff that kind of is disappointing to me. Because as as this developer who has historically done this one thing really awesomely, I kind of expected it to be very similar. Other games like Borderlands and Fallout 3 have added on skills and talents and different kinds of guns and aspects about loot, and so I expect that sort of thing from them. But to then get Rage and get it even in a similar kind of universe, it seems more like Rage is sort of going, me too, me too, me too, instead of doing what they had historically done really, really well. I suppose I'm not really terribly mad about that. I mean, that is progress and it is change. It just seems, I don't know. I, w I was kind of expecting what had historically come from this developer, and it seems really radically different. Like I said, um, I had been following it for quite a while, so I did know there would be some role-playing and some quests to get. I guess I just didn't expect it to be so similar to everything else that's out there. It's like, I don't know if I'm really thrilled with it the way it is. Granted, so far it's been a pretty good game. I do have technical issues about it, which I will talk about in a minute. But as far as an experience and a gameplay and a world... I don't know that it seems all that unique. The Doom universe and the Quake universe were very solid. They're very well known. I suppose that's probably why they wanted to break away from doing them, because people people are so familiar with them. And I suppose, in a way, it is a refreshing change. But I think part of me really would have rather seen Doom 4 or Quake 5, I think, I think they're on now. Um, instead of this brand new universe that seems more me too than not. The only reason why I was able to purchase Rage was because it was one of two games I had on pre-order. The other one is due to, to launch at the end of the year. So I wasn't, I wasn't really worried about Rage because I, I thought it was coming out at the end of the month, but it released a couple days right before my car emergency. So that's, that's the only reason why I actually managed to get it with the car emergency draining all of my money out. The technical issues that I'm having seem to be something that a lot of people are having. The engine behind Rage, ID Tech 5, uses this new technology called Megapixels, which makes this really huge detailed environment and it allows the game to scale, I, I believe, on the fly as it's happening, but also they can scale it down to different specs. So they can go to PC, or they can go to consoles, or they can go to phones, whatever they want it to do. They can just say scale, and it, it exports it out in the format it's supposed to be, instead of making really, you know, heavy changes to the coding for each, each platform they want to design for. However, it's hardly playable on my system, 
I've added some tweaks and I've dropped it down to 1280 by 720 resolution, which is much lower than my system can handle. And it's still pretty bad frame rate and pretty slow running. Apparently what happened is when they made the PC version, some optimizations and tweaks didn't go in before shipping that were supposed to go in. So lots and lots and lots of people are having issues with frame rates and pop-ups. And the game seems sort of, I guess I would call it over specced And by that I mean that you need really awesome specs to run it, you know, at, at the frame rate and speed it should be running. Hopefully with new drivers and optimization and patching, that will come up pretty quickly and hopefully it will be cleared up as soon as possible. But for the moment, I really think they, they hurt themselves because this is driving away a lot of customers who have waited a long time. I think I was, I was thinking about it the other night and I think Doom 3, the, the last game I picked up, must have come out about six years ago. So those of us who are huge fans of the, the genre and the, um, the developer, have waited quite a long time for this to come out. So for it to come out and then be unplayable, and you know, you add on the fact that it's it's me too, me too, I don't know if the really amazing graphical quality is a good trade-off because most people don't really play for, you know, amazing scenery. They don't play for having that NPC look, you know, photorealistic as it were. They play for the gameplay and they play for the fun. So I think in terms of the engine, they've they've got a really great base, but there's some tweaking they need to do, and that tweaking really could hurt them short-term and possibly long-term if they can't fix it. I've talked about other games which release which are really high-spec, and we seem to be sort of on the cusp of a game generation, as I call it. Battlefield 3 is another game which has really high specs, and you need a really awesome system to turn on all those specs. I'm not into that sort of realistic shooter style. Uh, I may have to get into it if uh, some of these other kind of first-person shooter games I normally play are moving away from a design I like. So I may get into them in the future. But I, I don't think they have these kind of issues. I think it scales down correctly when you turn down settings. So it is playable on different systems. It just goes to a new high level. and by a game generation, what I mean is that several games, you know, around the same time frame, say, you know, the space of a year, come out that, you know, sort of push the limits and, and take us to a next sort of step in terms of graphical and uh, other qualities, like, you know, artificial intelligence as to how smart the bad guys are, or maybe, you know, lighting and sound gets bumped. And so every now and then these, these game generations come around and people... People struggle for a little bit because their systems can't quite keep up. That's all well and good if, you know, several different games have it happen. And if people are like, oh, man, you know, I got to upgrade my system. But, you know, I can turn it down on low settings. It's playable. You know, then it's okay. But if it's like Rage and it's like no matter what you do, you can't fix it. You have to wait for the developers to fix it or you have to maybe you know, change the graphics card vendor you're going with. I know some people have said switching to NVIDIA has fixed the problems for them. So, you know, things like that are not going to give them uh, props, as it were, or a, a good reputation for 
you know, that particular game. And it may, it may sort of scar some people. Some people may, may move away from it. So when developers are developing a game, um, they have to be really, really careful. They don't go over spec. Some of these games these days are in development for three years or more. Consoles, I think, still take one to two years. So they're a little bit faster. But they are also a different animal. With a console, you know exactly the hardware that's in the system. You know exactly what you're targeting. Um, now we've got, you know, um, the kits, the development kits they use are all very flushed out. They're they're very tweaked, so they're very well optimized. With a PC, developers don't quite have that. On the PC, they have to go, okay, we're going to guess at what the specs will be three years from now. Let's make a good game. And they have to hope for the best. I don't really know if uh, this rambling in this section helps anyone. Um, maybe there's some developers listening. Maybe maybe give them a pointer or two. Uh, go with scalability. I think it's, it's the way to go. But um, people like me who are having a really hard time playing it on PC, we're really struggling with that purchase. And I know a lot of people are in such outrage that they've just flat out demanded their money back. And the distributor of the game said, yeah, you know what, uh, we'll go ahead and give you the money back because we're sorry and, uh, you know, we feel bad. So, yeah, there's my thoughts on uh, Rage and how it's currently working on my system. Maybe uh, by the time a week, week and a half comes around when I close out this podcast, maybe there will be some updates and I can I can give you guys good news on it. If not, if you've already picked it up, uh, good luck. Um if not, I would say hold off and wait a bit because it is using a new technology and sometimes new technology can bite us in the butt and that seems to be the case this time. Oh, Catwoman. Catwoman, will you never learn? So I've gotten a bit further in Rage. I'm probably about six hours in. I would say that the first two hours or so were pretty much a tutorial. However, I've gotten to the third city now, um, probably about four quests in, and things are kind of confusing me. At first, the game was like many other games that are out there today. You've got a quest, and you drive to your quest, and maybe it takes, you know, anywhere between two and five minutes to get there, and then you spend maybe 15 minutes doing the quest, and then you drive back. And it did that for the whole first town. There weren't any big levels. About a third to halfway through the second town, you started to get into the main story. And the main story quests, uh, mission areas, they were a lot bigger. They were taking me about half an hour to 45 minutes to really, really explore and uh, fight carefully. So you've got this game that started out being really fast, really quick. You do several missions in half an hour or an hour, and then you can, you know, quit out and be like, oh, I did a bunch of missions. It was pretty cool. And then it changes to this one where you log in and you do this one mission in half an hour to an hour because, you know, if you die, you have to restart. So this second style, this style where it's a much bigger level and it's much more involved and you're getting pieces of the story about, you know, what happened to the world in the time you were asleep? Who's this main faction? Who's this other main faction? It started to really pull me in, and I started really getting interested. And then, bam, in City 3, it went back to that same, you know, 5, 10, 15-minute kind of quests. And it it's like, where did the main story go? What happened? Why am I not on this main story anymore? 
And so it's really kind of confusing me because they have they have that big deep shooter world that I was expecting from id software. But on top of that, they've put this I guess you could say modern role playing style where you've got these little quests and you're just running back and forth doing these little quests and they aren't really connected to the bigger story. They give you a really good picture of the world overall, you know, what's happening in these cities, what's happening to these people, you know, outside of this main story, but it, it seems like they're not really connected. Also, they've thrown in a bunch of little mini games, which I guess some people would really like. They are kind of cool. There's a card game, there's sort of a, a dice rolling game, there's a, a sort of Simon Says, I guess you could say, music game, and there's a, a knife game where you're trying to, you know, not stab your fingers. So you've got all these little sort of side quests, and there's crafting too. Um, it seems like you just find the recipes and the parts. You don't have to really do anything other than that. But there's all these other layers thrown on top of the, the previous id software design which I was expecting the id software design, you know, for the the whole game. But I've got all this, oh, and there's the car, there's the car driving, which is sort of quasi mech warrior. We need a new mech warrior, Quaff. And it just seems like all of this stuff is added on that should have been optional or maybe maybe like a free download later on or I I think they would be better off as downloadables because to me they seem kind of distracting and they seem kind of off of the main quest. And I'm just interested in the main deep story. Now, some people would disagree with me. They love all that extra stuff. Like I said, it does really flush out the world. But I don't know. It seems kind of distracting. I think the car racing would be a lot better if it was its own expansion. Sort of like Wing Commander Privateer, where you had a lot of little missions you could do. And it could be its own whole thing outside of the main first-person shooter story. I've probably rambled a bit off course for this section, but I made some notes. Uh, I paused just then. You didn't know. I paused. I paused. But in conclusion, I, I would say that um, Rage has several things for me. It has amazing visuals. I think it's got a pretty decent AI in terms of fighting and, and how they fight and the different uh, challenges that the different types of bad guys present. And it has some very cool details if you know what to look for. Like helmets will fly off or pieces of armor will fly off when you hit them um, in certain ways. It doesn't always happen and um, that makes it a little bit different each time, each time you play through and each time you fight and uh, how the different bad guys uh, charge you and attack you and and how the the combat, I guess, is, is dynamic because of it. But I do think that it feels a bit odd in that it's a single linear story save for about, I think, three or four side quests at each town that I've found and the racing, which the racing is pretty much on its own. There's only a few times you're, you're sort of forced to race, as it were. But it seems like it would have been a better game to me with more choices and more side quests and a design more like the Privateer series, where you could ignore the main quest entirely and just do side quests if you want, and just, you know, explore the world of Rage, or fully follow the main quest pretty strictly and not do any side quests. I think with its design of sort of forcing you down a single linear path, it sort of does itself a disservice, because then people 
don't really feel inclined, I think, to play through a second time because, you know, it's going to be exactly the same in terms of the quest line and which missions you do when, you know, each time you play through. There isn't really any variety or alterations you can do. You can choose to take the side job quests or not, but in terms of the main story, if you want to progress at all, you have to do boom, 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 boom. You don't have any choice. If it had the option to follow the main quest line and you had the option of A, B, or C sort of assault against the bad guy and you could only choose one, I think if there was like a series of quests where each one maybe had a slightly different result and, you know, different consequences for making those choices, I think it would have been a much better game than a single linear story where you had to do a certain, you know, set of quests in a certain pattern. I don't think, you know, I'll play through it more than once, maybe twice more. And I probably won't even do it until I'm on a more powerful system where I can, you know, enjoy the visuals a bit more and have a bit more speed. And, uh, you know, I can set it at a higher setting and combat would be a bit more fierce for me. So that's my thoughts. Um, probably about six hours in. I saw in a review it only has about ten hours of playthrough. So that's pretty disappointing. Um, but I guess I'll see. Back in the day, many of the RPGs were kind of 10 to 15 hours playthrough on the average. And so that's what you expected. If you got 20, 25, 30 hours out of game, you're like, oh my god, there's so much play replay value. It's so amazing. But nowadays, it's kind of disappointing in a way to see a game go back to that, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 hour playthrough time. And then, you know, you don't want to play through it again. Now, we're getting more and more games, which are focusing on replayability, going through, and having random stuff. And so some of the elements of it seem a little disappointing to me. I know it's sort of id's style to go for, I guess, dramatic sort of uh, flair. It's kind of like a movie in some parts in that, you know, the bad guys jump out at you in a certain way. There's certain timings of when, you know, this boss attacks or, you know, the way they fight you. So it's all very sort of movie-like and so for that it's kind of like the difference between having a lot of chocolate chip cookies versus a big piece of cake you know you're getting a big piece of cake here it's wonderful it's nice it's rich it's deep it's absolutely gorgeous to look at but sometimes you just want those cookies where you can just have a couple cookies and then go back and have some more cookies and have some more cookies and have some more cookies you know you have the cake the cake's gone it's done you know you, it was a great cake but uh you're not feeling like having more cake I just think its design is, is maybe a bit too linear and a bit too strict. Flawless victory. So this hardware tip is for probably only about 5% of you out there. This is for laptop users, so most of you desktop people it won't apply to. This is a heat tip to help you basically just run better because if your system overheats, as I mentioned before, it, it doesn't do very well. So I'm going to give you tips on what to look for. Every laptop is a little bit different, but most of them have air intakes on the bottom of the system, sort of right in the middle usually, and sometimes too in the front. And that will blow up into, into the laptop. And then the air will usually be blown out the sides 
the back, and through the top of the keyboard. So when you're using your system, you absolutely don't want to put it on one of those nice soft neoprene case holder things that you probably have to put the laptop in, unless you just carry it straight in a backpack. Because many people like to do that because they want to protect the laptop from getting damaged. However, that may protect the case of the laptop, but it actually is going to block off all of those airflow vents. So you're basically strangling out the airflow in the system. It's basically kind of like if you slept on your stomach with your face facing down and, you know, you're cutting off all your air of breathing. It's kind of a similar thing for the laptop. Similarly, since a lot of the heat vents out of the keyboard, you don't want to use one of those plastic keyboard covers. While it may protect the keyboard from getting crumbs inside of it, or, you know, the keys getting overly messed up if you have extra messy hands from eating Cheetos or other messy snacks, wash your hands! So, you don't want to use one of those unless it is specifically designed to vent heat, which as far as I know, they don't, because they're they're solid plastic and they can't have holes in them, otherwise, you know, that would defeat the point of having it. So I don't recommend you use those either, even though it might protect you from crumbs. Again, it's going to block off the heat flow, and so you're, you're just causing extra heat to be generated for no reason. So that is my uh, laptop tips. I would recommend if you have a laptop, just to take a few minutes and, you know, flip it over, look around, see where the vents are. If you use it on your lap, be sure to just pay attention to where the vents are on the bottom because since you're putting your legs right up against it, it is going to generate extra heat just from that. So doing that and blocking off that, you know, that vent or airflow that it has on the bottom would be super bad because then it would get really hot. I don't know if a cooling pad is necessary in many cases. I think, you know, it should do just fine for short use, but if you do tend to leave it on like all the time or you game for hours and hours and hours, you might want to consider one because I'm sure the developers, you know, test the heat to be sure that you could do that, but I think they expect most people probably won't go much past the battery life, even though, you know, a lot of us gamers probably just go and plug it in. So they probably aren't planning on people, you know, sitting there, you know, like I do sometimes for you know, four, six, eight hours at a time and, and running it, you know, constantly. One thing you can do to help it if you don't want to spend the money on a, a cooling pad thing, which they can range from about 20 bucks up to, I think I've seen as high as like just over 100, which is pretty ridiculous. Most of them are around 20 to 40. What I have is I have a, a Jenga block I just found at work. And I'll, I'll just prop the back up on that. And, you know, that's free. You know, if, if you have Jenga in your house, um, you might want to snag a block. Um, just, you know, don't, don't gimp your game if you're going to play. But, you know, something like that, you know, even a stick from outside that's, you know, stable, you know, that the system doesn't wobble on, would, would also be just fine. Because then it gives it a little bit more room off of the table to, to breathe. And speaking of table, you might want to pay attention to, you know, a surface you use regularly, just pick up the, the laptop and check it every now and then. Because some some desk surfaces do reflect more heat than others. So if it is that kind of type where it, it's basically absorbing and bouncing the heat back at the system, you might want to 
you know, prop it up or, or find maybe a different surface to put it on just to be sure, you know, that it does stay cool-ish underneath. It shouldn't get too much warmer than slightly above body temperature, I would think. If it is, then, you know, you might want to get a cooler thing to put it on or, like I said, you might want to get some some stuff to prop it up off of that surface to just give it that little extra bit of room to breathe. So that is my hardware tip for laptop users. Um, hopefully it helps you. And um, happy computing, I guess, for those of you who do have laptops. For those of you who have thought that I've talked about Rage a little too much this podcast, good news, I finished it. And it was indeed probably about 8 to 10 hours. I played in pretty much 2 hour chunks, so it was kind of easy to keep track of. Again, it was a lot like having this really deep, rich experience, and then it was it was over right when it was starting to really get interesting. So... If you're looking for a lot of replay value, a long game, certainly a game with 10 hours is is not going to do it for you, especially when it's pretty much a completely linear experience. I mean, there are maybe a dozen jobs you can choose not to do. Um, that might even be too big of a figure. It's, I only recall doing it about eight or so. Oh, but there there is the racing, so you could do you could do that if you wanted. But like I said. It's kind of like its own separate game. I think it really would have been much better if they flushed out the shooter aspects of the game and made that, you know, the base Rage game and then put out an expansion that was the, the racing and driving and given a lot more options and, and probably a lot more tracks. I, di I didn't do more than I needed to do, so I didn't see all there was to see with the racing. But it seemed just kind of meh. I mean, it, it wasn't enough to pull me in. It was kind of cool, but there wasn't really, you know, customizable cars or anything. I mean, they did have a few upgrades, like you could get some armor or you could get better tires, but it wasn't really, really in-depth, like, you know, something like MechWarrior or Wing Commander. Something like that, I think, would have been much cooler and been, you know, its own game. I might have picked it up. You know, I'm not real into racing games, but I am into sort of alternate racing type stuff some sometimes. So yeah, if you have not picked it up, if you've thought about picking it up, I would recommend waiting a few months because I'm betting with it being such a short playthrough, with it having issues on PC right now, I'm guessing we're probably going to see it down to about 40 bucks within three months. And people can check me on this just for the lols. Um, but you know, I would say wait if you haven't already gotten it. It has actually brought up a lot of memories about Doom 3 and that I had pretty much similar issues. My hardware was pretty solidly mainstream at the time, and I, I recall that I had to turn it down in graphic resolution and play at, I think, medium to low settings to be playable until I upgraded my hardware. Similarly, too, I recall it being really, really short to play through. 
And so this now being sort of the second game in a row for me for id Software that did that, I think from now on I'm absolutely going to wait to see reviews. I just bought it on reputation because I really liked their previous stuff. I'd kind of forgotten how short and uh, hardware hitting Doom 3 was when it came out. So from now on I'm just going to watch reviews and be really, really careful. I recommend that those of you who need to pinch your pennies like me uh, these days, you uh, might want to do that unless you absolutely know for sure you want a game. Like maybe it's the second or third in a in a you know a series, and then you know it's something you know you'll really like. Or if you've seen reviews prior to launch that really give an in-depth review, then you can probably probably judge it pretty fairly. But you might want to be careful if not. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Turn ready to move up. As I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, I got the chance to go to the NVIDIA GeForce LAN 6, which was from October 14th to the 16th. It was on the USS Hornet which has been officially declared as haunted, according to Ghost Hunters. There were over 600 gamers at the event, so that was crazy. And that's not even counting NVIDIA staff or volunteers. I went, uh, well, I planned on going just for Saturday for the general admission. And had uh, things been better, I would have certainly gone on a night tour, which would have been very cool to see that. The event was super exciting, and there was a lot of people grabbing at prizes and having a good time. Uh, a lot of people were having fun, just in general. Um, everybody looked like, you know, they were happy and having a good time, and nobody was stressed, or or I didn't see anybody sick. I, I heard about somebody getting sick, but um, didn't see anybody getting sick. There were several exhibitors there, and I saw some people carrying away new stuff to build systems or upgrade their systems, and I had to really resist the urge to uh, talk about that, because, you know, I recommend hardware all the time, and... um. You know, I always hope people made the right choice, and uh, I probably would have had to fight the urge to talk to people a lot as uh, they stood there and made purchases. So I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't see anybody actually making purchases, but hopefully they made the right choice. As I said, I was only planning on being there Saturday, but as I mentioned on a previous podcast, the cars had a lot of trouble, and it, it died basically when I got to the event, so I became stranded. And from about 7 o'clock on Saturday to 11.30 in the morning on Sunday, uh, many people going in and out of the event to their cars to do various things, go home or just, you know, get some food or whatever, uh, probably came to know me as Stranded Guy. And um, a lot of people were, were looking out for me, and that was cool. Several NVIDIA staffers said that I should most certainly be able to get a ride home on Sunday. So at 11.30 in the morning on Sunday after no sleep for Saturday night, I decided to just go back into the event, see if they would let me in. And uh, my general pass worked for the whole weekend. I didn't know that, so that was cool. So I got extra time on Sunday to check things out and uh, chill inside and uh, get some footage of some stuff I, I otherwise would not have gotten. So that was that was good in that sense, but bad in the sense that as of this recording, uh, my car is still 50 miles away, and I don't know how I'm going to get back. The guy at the repair shop said he knew somebody with a tow truck, so we might be able to get back for lower cost than upgrading my uh, my membership for my, my car insurance that would allow me to have the, 
the mileage to pull it back on a tow truck on my own. So my car is currently dead, and the, the status of that is unknown. Um, I will probably post something on my Facebook page. And, of course, there's Epic Fails, so if you're reading that, you'll you'll be up to date, as it were. And, um, you know, I'll let, I'll let people know on the next podcast, probably, as to what's happened. Um, hopefully it won't be a loss, and we can get it back and get it repaired. And uh, we'll see. Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. Ha ha ha. The following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. We do be owing a great bit of thanks to Victoria from NVIDIA for rescuing the rabbit from his tragedy of his car dying at the event. Three cheers for Victoria. Hip hip. Arr, hip hip. Arr, hip hip, arr. Also, we do be wishing all of those who kept an eye out for the rabbit during the night and the morning a thanks as well. So that's it. We are at the end of podcast 29. Another Rabbit Ramblings. Yay! I might have talked about Rage a little bit too much, so I'll probably go back and see what I can cut out because so far it's peaking out at about 45 minutes, which is like super, super long, especially since a lot of that is Rage. I probably repeated myself uh, a few times, so maybe I can cut that out and uh, reduce the, the length a little bit. I don't mind going over, but... um. You know, double the length might be a bit much for people who are used to the 25-minute lengths. I had a super awesome time at the NVIDIA GeForce LAN 6. I wish I could have stayed there. I didn't plan on staying there because, well, it was a lot more expensive to stay there. It was like 100 bucks, I think, to stay for the weekend and get a bunk compared to the, like, I think it was a 20 for the general pass, which is, you know, a lot less. But mostly I didn't plan on staying because when I was little and uh, all through my 20s when I went to amusement parks, I would get motion sick pretty easily. Um, I think when I was 10-ish, I went on the Enterprise, which I think is the sister ship to the USS Hornet that I was on. And I, I was sick feeling within 15 minutes or so. So I was expecting to only last a few hours. I took some Dramamine this time. Um, which is like seasickness medicine. And I lasted about 10 hours total with, you know, five hours on each day. So that was actually quite surprising. And uh, I got a lot of footage and, and cool experiences. I think, though, uh, Alan is really something you need to experience more than somebody telling you or showing you. Um, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of, you know, energy that y you can feel when you're there, but you can't really explain it or talk about it it's it's something you have you have to experience i think because even though you know the people are doing the same online things they would be doing otherwise there's you know that that thought that the guy you're fighting or, or grouped with could just be a few tables away from you and so you have that sort of bonding experience that you you wouldn't otherwise have and that's that's something you know like i said it it's just something you have to experience plus there's 
you know, vendors and giveaways. And there was a couple of, of talks, you know, um, showcasing different things. So that was that was all cool as well. I am super sad and mad about my car. This is effectively, you know, the third time they've repaired it. And each time they said, oh, it should be fine now. Oh, it should be fine now. Oh, it should be fine now. Obviously, it's not fine. So it's going to be in for a fourth repair. And um, probably easily going to be around five or 600 when it's done, if not more. And that's way more than I, I could afford to spend on it, which is just ridiculous. But, um, you know, like I said, um, it, it seems hopeful that they will take care of me and uh, give me a good deal on pricing because this has just gone on you know way too much it like makes you wonder if maybe they're stringing me along on purpose you know or they're just totally incompetent either way is is not okay so i don't have an answer for this podcast because i'm going to close it out and uh i spoke to the guy today and he was supposed to get back to me and he didn't um so i'm gonna have to call him tomorrow but you know for you guys the podcast will be closed so um, you'll have to see the, the final answer on that on Epic Fail or on my Facebook page. Speaking of the GeForce LAN, speaking of pictures and video footage, you can find my coverage at, you know, www.rabbit.com slash events slash GeForce LAN 6 slash GeForce LAN 6 dot HTML. I will put that in the, the show notes on the uh, the podcast itself, and they're also on the podcast page on my site. So you can just go and, and click the link there, and then you can see all the pretty pictures and the video and all that stuff. I did get some coverage of the DICE presentation, which at the time of this podcast recording is not up yet. It's like three gig worth of information, so that's going to be a little bit for me to get up. So if you don't see it on the page, it will be there soon. You can also check my rabbit.com YouTube page and that will that will update, you know, pretty much up to the minute as to when I'm updating stuff. So you can check both of those places and they'll be up probably within a few days of the podcast launch. So, you know, it should be pretty quick, but you know, those of you who are not future people might have to wait a little while. So that's it for this podcast. I had a super good time, uh, especially at the LAN event. I, I wish the bad things wouldn't have happened, and I wish I, I would have been able to have a little bit more freedom about uh, doing stuff. I would have loved to have gone on the haunted tour. I would have loved to have stuck around longer. At, uh, you know, my life is what it is, and uh, I can't change that right now. The next podcast I pretty much have finished already, so I will probably put it up a few days earlier then it's posted uh, podcasting date. So you might want to look for that a few days earlier just because I want to be sure that people who are subscribed actually get it uh, you know, in advance of any Halloween time stuff they might be doing so they don't have to you know, interrupt their Halloween time stuff. Uh, you, know, you could listen to it a few days early. Um, we'll see. Uh, look for it, and it'll be there when it's there. So that's it for this time. Uh, hopefully, see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. So you wonder what your part is, because you're homeless and depressed. But home is where the heart is, so your real home's in your chest. 
Everyone's a hero in their own way. Everyone's got villains they must face. They sort of took the idea, um, and, um, um, they also had a spin off series called, but the the ideal ID has uh, the ideal that ID software uh, I like get is this brand new engine that uses this thing called Megapixel uses this thing called Megapixel. Uh, um. Um, 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 there's one more. Oh, unless it is special. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com dot com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html when you type rabbits ramblings don't use a space if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you friend me you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com whenever you type rabbit in any of those be sure to, to put a one in place of i Rabbit's Rambling is copyright 2011 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribute Sharealike license.